Hi guys, welcome back to After Credits episode number 42. Woo! Here's always with my lovely and co-host. We're <laughs> <laughs> running out of adjectives. All right. In the past couple weeks and it's 2021 now, Carly. Isn't that oh, crazy? Oh, that's fucking weird, dude. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I'm still on summer break from school last year. I feel like I didn't... I haven't <laughs> left my house. That'll so, do it. I don't know. You're technically still on spring break from last year. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that's, that's a long, it's been a long spring break. And mm-hmm. I think I'd celebrate Christmas during spring break. Spring break is forever. <laughs> he was alluding to this and we didn't even know. That's why the pandemic started because we watched Spring Breakers. We manifested it, Bryce. Yeah. Oh no. That sounds like some shit. You know, like a college professor. What? Yeah. I love him. I don't know what he teaches. Hang on. James Franco has taught courses at Columbia, NYU, the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, the California Institution of Arts, and more. Pissed. Why can't James Franco teach my classes? I don't know. (laughs) (coughs) Franco taught a winter quarter screenwriting class. That's so cool. (laughs) The course he said was said to be very expert. What? I, hmm. <laughs> Sounds like it was a good class. Good. <laughs> and he's apparently a pretty normal professor. That's so weird. That's oh, so weird. Man. I wish. <laughs> Didn't he, they call him Mr. Franco? <laughs> professor Franco? Or like James? Probably James. Yeah. He seems like a first name kind of professor. Mm-hmm. Or do you think he's like one that just tries to like dissociate himself from like all his other work so he goes by like whatever his middle name is to Anna's last name no like... dumb I think James Franco owns he, who he is you think so yeah I also this is gonna sound weird but can you if James Franco was my professor that would be an issue because can you imagine like having seen your professor's butt you know <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair or like when he's in King Cobra he's so pretty like, how could I, you know, mm-hmm. watch that right. shit? That's crazy. I feel like I would just say all of his bad lines of dialogue from Spider-Man 3. <laughs> like, I would, like, just try to incorporate, like, his one-liners into, like, a conversation and just see if he notices. That'd be funny. Yeah. I would just be making a lot of this-is-the-end references. Oh, my and God. just, like, jerk-off jokes. <laughs> and he'd probably fucking laugh at you, Bryce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because my line delivery isn't anywhere near to as good as the man himself. <laughs> well, Carly, we have a movie to talk about today. We do, and you know what James Franco is not in? This movie. <laughs> yeah, it seems all. like every other celebrity is in this movie. True. Even mm-hmm. ones I didn't know were in this movie. Like who? Like jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, he is. He is in this movie. But, like, not on screen. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, He's in it though. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny because like when you look up Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like this is like the first movie that pops up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which is shouldn't be accurate. Yeah. Like, it, 
I think Last Jedi pops up too, which he might have voiced like one of the droids or something yeah. like that, or stormtrooper like Daniel Craig. Because when you look up Daniel Craig, I'm pretty sure like Force Awakens comes up yeah, before anything else. Yeah, because he's the he's the stormtrooper that Ray uses the Force on for the first time. Yeah, yeah right. That's just so funny. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. <sighs> the <laughs> weird guys. <laughs> Weird guy. <laughs> Just like James. Weird guy. If you had to replace James Franco with anybody in this movie, who would you replace him with? I think he'd make a really good ransom, but I don't want to see Chris Evans not in this movie. Yeah. Um. That, that's probably where I would put him too. Yeah. Because he's too he's too young to be any of like the other stacked cast members. Yeah. And he's that's not probably... young enough to play like the kids. Mm-hmm. Not enough to play the Nazi. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah. All right. Well. I think he'd make we'll a great ransom though. <laughs> uh. Alrighty. Well, if you couldn't figure it out by now by looking at the title today, we are going to be talking about Knives Out, Woo! directed by Ryan Johnson from this past year. Um. Literally just past a year old now, and I think both of us have agreed that we've seen it both four times now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> once together and now we're gonna dissect it probably close to a year later i'm excited and um uh yeah i think we both can start off by saying that we both really love and enjoy this movie yeah a lot we sure and i don't do. know about you but i um liked it even more this time around than i did previous viewings i like it more every time i see it which is weird because yeah. i feel like especially with a movie that's about like a mystery almost you know because, like, mm-hmm. although we know what happened kind of the whole time, we don't really yeah. know what happened. And I right. think, um, even though, obviously, having seen it, we know how it ends and shit, like, I, it's surprising that I still continue to enjoy it more every time. Yeah. You know, and I enjoy, like, everyone's performance more every time. Mm-hmm. Because there's, like, all of these, like, throwaway lines from these A-list actors yeah. that you, that aren't necessarily, like the focus of the movie but like when you go back and you are you're just trying to enjoy it now that you figure out the mystery like these lines that weren't there before just pop out like michael shannon yelling at chris evans about cookies yeah (laughs) but i think what makes this movie so fun is just like the first time you watch it it is about figuring out what the mystery is and everything like that but, like, this time especially, it just felt like a clear narrative. Like, this is the events that happen. Whereas the first time, it kind of felt like every half an hour, a new reveal were to come into play. Right. And um, make, like, the movie seem to be, like, a different movie in a weird way. But, right. like, it was so good enough that it, like, didn't feel obnoxious or, like... It's, like, good enough on its own, in. like, when you see it the first time as, like, a mystery and then... It was also good enough as a re like rewatchable film, mm-hmm. which yeah, is like, like higher on our criteria, right? And uh, and I think it works more as a drama comedy, right? Um, the more you watch it, rather than the mystery, like farther down the line, right? As you learn the twists and turns, which there are a lot of, which we will probably need to have a spoiler section because I'm guarantee you or half of our audience says it let's watch this movie yet which they should get which on. you should dude get on that holy shit <laughs> it is on voodoo but i would just recommend buying it because <laughs> <laughs> um, you're gonna have to pay money for it anyways true 
<laughs> just save yourself um, the the re-renting and, and yeah buy that shit go to family video they probably have a very good deal on it <laughs> oh i forgot to tell you so before we get into it even more um yesterday i went to family video yeah um you know what movie was playing on the tvs in there what movie polar express oh my like, gosh <laughs> and it's like ever since like i realized i didn't like the movie like the movie has just been literally everywhere right now. i agree i've seen it all over facebook and it's just been like i mm-hmm. keep seeing interviews with tom hanks talking about like doing like do you find it weird that he did the motion capture for the boy yeah that's weird right i think that's mm-hmm. weird and everyone's like wow tom hanks did all of this movie and i'm like yeah, yeah. that's fucking tom weird just, like, the table read was just him in his living room by himself <laughs> <laughs> um and uh what is steven tyler yeah dude it's weird i i um, don't know it's kind of yeah but uh but on top of that last night Kelsey and I went to see some light shows. Oh. Oh, like they had one particular one. Uh, we were driving through like one of the Jellystone parks in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And they like, you know, did the thing where they choreographed like the lights to music like, or whatever. Music. Yeah. And we only had like five or six songs. So <laughs> half of them were like pentatonic songs. And then there was Let It Go and like this um, uh, Amazing Grace like remix. It le- that was like. I don't think you should be remixing yeah. Amazing Grace, but okay. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Let alone that's not really a Christmas song. Yeah, that's weird. But the last one was Hot Chocolate from Polar Express. Oh and my I was god. Like, Jesus Christ. Ellie found this YouTube video of it that is like um, hot chocolate, but every time they say hot, it gets slightly more satanic. <laughs> and it's like kind of terrifying. I like don't like it. <laughs> We went yeah. to a light show like that, and it's funny that you mentioned that because it was two different pentatonic songs, Let It Go, Do You Want to Build a Snowman, and I think a Justin Bieber Christmas song. Like Mistletoe? <laughs> yeah, it was like some from his Christmas album or something. Everyone's yeah. on the same page, I guess, of what they're choosing. <laughs> right. And Frozen's like not a... even Christmas. Like, that's not a Christmas movie. It's just winter. Yeah, right. That's and that's what I was wondering too. Is like, is Frozen a what? What time of year do you watch Frozen in? Because the whole movie is about getting back summer. Right. But it was also like a December release. Yeah. So like, intended to be and like the whole movie is like in snow and it's called Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Because like in the Frozen two is really about like fall. I would say I saw this um thing about Frozen two. This is a spoiler for Frozen 2, if you haven't seen it. Okay, um, we'll put a this link in the description for where to skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, for Frozen 2, how Elsa, like, is the fifth element, or whatever. Yeah. I saw this thing that was like, what if Elsa um, died, like she's dead. Mm-hmm. Because, so there's, you know, when she falls through the floor... And, like, sacrifices herself to become the fifth element. Right. You know? She, like, falls through the floor. And then um, people are like, that's where she died. 
Like, she mm-hmm. died right there. And then um, she just shows up back on the beach, and, like, you don't see how she gets there or anything, and she's not, like, wet anymore. So, like... Right, she's like a forest ghost. <laughs> right, and so it's, like, when she got from the beach to the island, she, like, was soaking wet from the water, but she d- yeah. isn't when she comes back. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, like, so she's just standing there, and then... Anna goes, is it really you? And Elsa doesn't say anything. She just, like, hugs her. And so people are like, what if that, like, she's, like, she, you know, she's just, like, a spirit now. And she then, winks at the camera. Yeah, and so she's, like, <laughs> that's why Anna has to become queen because Elsa's right. dead. And so the, that's why Elsa tells her she has to become queen. And then the only way that Anna's able to, like, communicate with Elsa is through, like, sending she sends like a letter through the wind Mm -hmm. and it like goes up into the clouds and then comes back down to Elsa and so people are like what if that's like she's dead in heaven and you know (laughs) the only thing that doesn't fit that theory is that the letter says game night next Tuesday implying that Elsa would come Come to Arendelle imagine like Elsa trying to like roll the dice for Monopoly and her hand just goes like right through it <laughs> so, so there's that. I don't know what our thoughts are on that, but I saw that on TikTok yeah. the other day, and there, I was like, Ooh. "There's so many like the things in that movie that just don't make sense either." Yeah. Like, because Elsa, there's like that scene where the dam breaks and like the water is like coming through to yeah. squash Arendelle, but like, and she makes this whole ice bridge thing. Yeah. And she has to like go faster than that tumbling amounts of water. Yeah. I go like supersonic speed <laughs> right and to... she fucking pushes up an ice wall and it just That's hits it. Break. it it yeah it hits it it doesn't break it it doesn't go over it just goes <laughs> yeah. just falls just, back. Like, it doesn't the water elevation doesn't go up either right it just the it's wave falls water, back you know? <laughs> that's not how water away. works hmm. <laughs> i took fourth grade geology i <laughs> Well, like the water, it like goes up and it falls back. Where is it going now? Back to where the dam was, and it's gonna yeah. the island, like right. <laughs> that water's gotta go somewhere. Like, yeah, I think it'd be fun if we did a ranking on some of these newer Disney movies. Yeah. I know we talked about doing the Renaissance, but we aren't. We would never grew up with the Renaissance because we're True. not '90s kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like from what Tangled or maybe princess and the frog up to this point would yeah. be fun yeah that'd be fun like including uh, the sequels and stuff i've never seen brave well that's pixar so that one oh really is it really yeah exactly right wait actually because everyone considers her like a disney princess <laughs> well she is a disney princess but that's because pixar is like a disney studio right uh, that's weird to think yeah. about Brave just, like, is kind of like the black sheep of Pixar because it is, like, the only princess movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's also the black sheep of princess movies because it's Pixar. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. that's weird. You learn something every day, Bryce. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> A Pixar ranking would be fun, but there's, like, 20 of them. Yeah. Now. That'd be exhausting. <laughs> as exhausting as the MCU ranking that we both want to do but no that would be a four hour long podcast yeah it's like like i well <clears throat> i don't know if it would be that hard to do i don't know 
I don't know. I like rewatching all the movies, so I have like up to date opinions on them before we do like rankings. Also, I feel like we both know what are like, like. what are they are. Yeah. Yeah. If we just if we just listed our ranking, then it would just be an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't talk about any of them. Like even if we didn't give like reasoning behind it. Yeah. Um, it would be like just like us getting sidetracked. Be like Chris Evans so hot. True. True, he is. <laughs> yeah. You know who else? Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of these Marvel shows are you the most excited for? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for all of them, Bryce. My dad bought Disney Plus this weekend. So I'm really Have excited. Have you started Mandalorian yet? We are about to start it. I told them we would start it tomorrow. Oh my, the season finale. I know, I got I... it spoiled for me, Bryce. I'm pissed. You got it spoiled for <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah. No. I know. I'm really oh. mad about it. TikTok is so it? mean. Who spoiled it? TikTok. Oh my god. And they didn't put spoiler warnings or anything. And then the caption of it was, probably should have put a spoiler warning with this. And I, went, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Oh my god! How was I supposed to know? Well, that's it's so rude. So good. I'm so mad. It's yeah, so it, good. You should... I'm gonna watch it because now I want to know how it got to that point. So, and my yeah. dad hasn't seen it, obviously. Right. So I'm excited. <laughs> We're gonna watch. Um, another thing is that for a long time HBO Max and Roku had an issue, <laughs> so you could only. Yeah. Like, you'd have to download the HBO Max on your phone and then stream it to Roku because Roku didn't have an HBO app for a while. Yeah, um, right. And because they had some issue, I don't know. And um, it was super inconvenient because, and that's how we had to watch Die Hard, and it would just, like, buffer. Like, every, yeah. like, ten minutes it would buffer. And we were like, okay, this sucks. Um, mm-hmm. But this past week, which would be three weeks ago now, two weeks ago, um they finally reached an agreement so now there's an hbo max app on the roku so now my dad's super excited because we can watch wonder woman 84 when it comes out on christmas which it already right. came out can you imagine like the climax of the movie and then <laughs> it just <laughs> it just buffers you right like at a horrible freeze thing yeah like just right like the cgi and cheetah is just god yeah <laughs> i'm like i love her and I love Wonder Woman and I'm really nervous because DC just has a I mean and this is not this is obsolete to talk about at this point in time now right because it's already coming out yeah because it'll out. already have been out for like a week um but I'm very nervous because DC has a really bad history with CGI <laughs> like if you look at I mean, fucking Justice League I just I'm nervous I think this time I think I'm I'm only nervous for Cheetah just because that that character in general. Yeah, it yeah, and it's Kristen Wiig. But I think more, I think most of it's prosthetics. I think, but okay. I haven't really watched any of the trailers because I'm not, I don't really care. I, I have, and they haven't. There's so far, there's not a lot. They like aren't okay. showing a lot. You know, it's like obviously mostly Wonder Woman, and I think, like the reveal, like obviously we know Kristen Wiig is gonna be Cheetah. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Um, it's, like, kind of a reveal in the movie, I think, just because they're not showing, like, they show, like, a little bit of their fight yeah, scenes, like, kind of. Yeah, even just look at the cast list. <laughs> yeah, but, like, in the, if you see the trailer on TV or something, it's not, they do it in a way, like, if you're not, like, watching for it, you'll miss it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. uh, if you want our full thoughts on DC, we have a whole whole two-hour ranking on we it, sure so. do 
checking out. I'm sure. I mean, I don't really know where 84 will, will sit on either of ours. Yeah, probably pretty different, too, maybe. Yeah. Just because of how you feel about Wonder Woman, so I don't know. <laughs> I, okay, I, just so if you don't want to go digging, I like Wonder Woman, and I just like the other DC movies a little bit more. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I think also part of it is that Wonder Woman is an origin story. Mm-hmm. in none of the other ones except maybe man of steel but not really yeah. really are origin stories right you know i don't know mm-hmm. what you would consider man of steel because yeah it like talks about his origin and like it's him finding out he's superman but like sure and you could maybe even argue aquaman is too yeah i would yeah i would say aquaman is but and shazam <laughs> yeah but i i don't even like i know shazam's part of it but that's like a whole other type of movie you know Right, like they haven't really made their ties into it yet. Right, but I guess what I mean is I feel like Wonder Woman is the most, like, told dramatically origin, you know? Where, like, that's right. the entire premise of the movie, and I don't know. But I and I think also because it irks you so much that it's so similar to Captain America because they're competing heroes, you know? Um, yeah. They're, like, mirrored almost, and so I feel like maybe having her in a storyline that's, like, her own thing yeah. that's different from everything else you've seen will maybe make you like it more i don't know have we had an 80s superhero movie like besides the ones that have come out in the 80s no i don't know <laughs> no and i think that's why i mean we've had we both like captain marvel and that was like the 90s superhero movie yeah yeah and i was gonna say technically like ragnarok is like a very 80s vibe sure you know but it's not like nothing's ever taken place in the 80s and i think that's gonna be exciting yeah. i think it'll be cool mm-hmm. also yeah. such a good idea because that's such a popular thing right now mm-hmm. so are you gonna see it in theaters no. at some point um no probably not <laughs> i was thinking like because i want to support the movie you know right so i think i if i like it enough on hbo because i won't be around the theater when i christmas day right so, like, I think when I come back and if I like it enough, then I'll see it again. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm going to probably watch it a couple times. <laughs> right. We're going to have to take a break from our Christmas story watch on Christmas to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, and that'll then, be like, nice. That's, then when the, the kick's finally over, like, three weeks later, then you'll be like, okay, I think I'll check out Soul now. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but I have Disney Plus, so mm-hmm. I can watch it. I'm excited. Very exciting. All right. All right, now that we got even more sidetracked. Uh, Knives out. (laughs) Knives out synopsis. All right. Okay. The circumstances surrounding the death of crime novelist Harlan Thromby are mysterious, but there's one thing that renowned detective Benon Blanc knows for sure. (laughs) Everyone in the wildly dysfunctional Thromby family is a suspect. Now, Blanc must sift through a web of lies and red herrings to uncover the truth. I think when I saw this movie for the first time, I, like, didn't know how much of a, like, main thing Marta was going to be. Because, like, even when you watch the trailers and read the synopsis and stuff like that, like, she's not really included as, like, the main character, really. Right. And it's also, like, the marketing to get people to buy the tickets it shows like all these a-listers yeah. and jamie lee curtis michael shannon don johnson chris evans 
<laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> right, can you imagine? Uh, Tony Collette, Daniel Craig. And Ana de Armas just naturally is, like, the lowest celebrity on this entire cast list, yeah. other than, like, actors who are just, like, play her mom and sister. Right. <laughs> like, then you got Lakeith Stanfield in here, too, which we praised him enough yeah. and sorry to bother you, but... And he's, like, not... Yeah, he's, like, almost a minor character out, in this. But he's so good in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's... I mean, I, I, I know that's why. Right. <laughs> but it's interesting, too. Because, like, she really had to prove herself more so as an actress that she could carry this movie around all these A-listers. And I think she 100% did. I would agree. Because she is the star of this movie even though we have all these um, larger-than-life characters and everybody else. Right. And I really admire her performance. And um, I don't know if it was Oscar-worthy, because this movie didn't really get a lot of Oscar love other than its screenplay, I believe, which, if it's going to get anything, it would be that one. Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, Because it is a very smart script, full of all its twists and turns and reveals that, and, like, very subtle details um, that we'll get into later, which I don't know if they're spoilers, but I'll get into them later. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> very much love this movie, and um, it is my favorite movie of last year. I don't know. I would agree. It is your favorite, okay? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think like Endgame changed the game forever. Right. But I have more problems with Endgame than I do with this movie. I do, too. And I've seen this one much more than I've seen Endgame. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Didn't... No, just kidding. I'm, like, trying to think about what came out last year and what came out in 2020. mm Mm-hmm. You know? Just because we're so close to 2021, when I'm, like, last year, I'm thinking, like, now. You know? Right. And I'm, like, the Five Bloods was so good, though, but... In 2020, and this comes out 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yes, of 2019, Knives Out. Because, yeah. like, I think in a second close runner is Jumanji. <laughs> I love Jumanji. I got a Snapchat memory of you standing in between the poster. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. And it's even uh, more beautiful because, like, I remember us being like, how the hell does that horse fit into the plot? And that makes it makes so much more sense now why it's, like, included and, in, like, because it was, like, all the characters mm-hmm. and then the fucking horse. <laughs> So I haven't were like, seen what? it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Would you haven't you seen it? it? You haven't no. seen Juma? I mean, I've seen the first one. Dude, you gotta watch it. It's so good. It's so good. Danny DeVito's in it. What's wrong with you? Well, I know Danny DeVito. <laughs> I don't know. I just never got around to Price, it. It's and... really good. You should watch right. it. Maybe I've seen. Watch I've seen the second one more than I've seen the first one though. With all right, when you say that, do you mean the, with the Rock or the Robin Williams one? With the Rock. I've seen the newest one more than I've seen the first one with the Rock. Nice. Just because also it's on more, but I I watch it a lot. Mm-hmm. Is good. your family still on cable? Yeah. No, yeah, okay. we get yeah we get um HBO Max through Directv. Oh wow. Yeah. Bougie. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, and that's part of how Directv and cable companies try and get you to stay with cable. Um, mm-hmm. And the only reason we have cable still. Because we have, like, every fucking streaming service. The only reason that we have cable is because of Hallmark. But Hallmark has their own streaming service now. 
Is it really? Yeah, so we might just, um, and like sports. Bundle with Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN. Yeah, that might be the next move. Alrighty. So diving into the meat of this great movie. <laughs> um, do you have a particular spot you would like to start this dissection on? Um, no, not really. I think... I'm trying to think of, like, I like I feel like the whole movie is important. And I feel like you, we maybe don't realize that until it starts going through the sequence of events again. You know, and you start to realize, like, especially when they reveal, like, what actually happened with Marta and Harlan, you know? We mm-hmm. kind of go through the sequence. Like, you get shown everything, and then it goes back and kind of, like, reveals small stuff that happened. Um, right. And so, I don't know. I feel like it's all important. I think... I th- this is dumb for for me to say, but I'm gonna say it. When the um they drop the I don't know the what go it, yeah the go board when they drop it on the ground, and mm-hmm. and I don't think it would have made the same noise as like mm-hmm. well because they like make a whole big deal about how um because he falls and then they're like oh it was the go board falling oh and Tony Collette just believes it <laughs> yeah and it's just like I think well I mean. There's a later scene where Daniel Craig pushes the go board on yeah. the floor, and, and it just showed that it definitely would not make that sound. Right, yeah. I think it's more to show that Tony Collette's character is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> or she falls, yeah. I love her. So, I love her, too. She's cool. <laughs> I didn't, like, this was the first thing I ever saw her in. Oh, really? Which is weird, yeah. And so, like, I <laughs> seeing her in this did not give me the same respect after seeing her in other stuff, you know? What have you seen since? I just saw her in something. Let me take a little gander at the cast. While you do that, I'll bring out something that I really admire about this screenplay. And the fact that early on in the movie, we um, get to see like the interview process with Lakeith Stanfield and some of the, one of the other actors um, who I don't remember the name of, but their friends is Ryan Johnson. So that's why he's in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, they're doing the interview process and I just really love the detail of all of the different perspectives on the night and how they remember it going. And I think one of like the best examples of this is when Don Johnson's character who plays Chris Evans' dad is like saying how they include Marta. She's like part of the family or whatever. And then like they're waving. It's like a shot of him waving her over, but later on throughout the movie, we realized that they were all talking about politics or whatever. Yeah. And she's waving him over to like say like to like say that she was de- like it brought in illegally. Yeah. <laughs> like so such a small detail like that and like that I didn't quite catch up on it until like the fourth viewing, which is why like the rewatchable factors and impact on this movie has on me is so high because movies like this it's not like most mysteries i would say like you can watch it and then like the only thing that you can go back to is like to see all like the details that they put to set up the mystery right but this one has like details that set up like the relationship between the characters right um rather so like it has more to come back to rather than just like the very smart mystery element of the, the film right I think, so when I watch this movie, I kind of compare it to, like, Murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. you know, and I have not seen that movie nearly as many times as I've seen Knives Out, and it's still, right. like, an A-list group of actors 
with a mystery plot. Like, I don't know why I prefer this one. Because they're mm-hmm. both fantastic, and I love Murder on the Orient Express, but this one's rewatchability. Yeah. Right. I think this one just has a better cast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, granted, you do have, like, that stack cast in that one, and granted, I haven't finished that movie. Um, dude. But... <laughs> uh, do you know but... who did it, then? I know who's in it. No, but, but who, like, like not, do you know how... Well, I know this cast. <laughs> but, like, do you know, know how it ends? No. No, I don't. Dude, that's like the best part. Well, I, I was thinking it's the. I hope it's the best part. Ah. Um, but you got a lot to catch no, up I, on. Yeah. Um, go back to when I was looking for Tony Collette's movie. It was I was watching the trailer for um I'm thinking of ending things. Oh okay. And yeah. it she looked really good in that, and I was like, holy shit! And then I've also seen clips of her in Hereditary, so which I won't so watch. So it's like knives out, and then like the the clip reel of the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was surprised because in this one she's like dumb, you know. But she does a great job but, as Joni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, love her. <laughs> which we like eventually we do, but like after as soon as we put the spoiler ban up, we just talk about like different things that happen in the plot. <laughs> That's what I... I don't know. Okay. So, spoilers. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You'll wait and find out. <laughs> wait and find out. <laughs> Take that risk and find out. Maybe yeah, it will be. I mean, Maybe it, it won't be. That you should just go into blind. But. So, the big reveal, which I guess we really are talking about spoilers now, is that near the end of the movie, we find out that through the course of events... Chris Evans really tried to frame Marta on doing something, um, switching the vials around the medicine, making her think that she gave Harlan a, like, 100 milligrams of one thing when she should have given him, like, three. Yeah. <laughs> and I, also, I love that whole sequence when she's, like, realizing all that, and he's just so nonchalant about, like, giving his shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, like... A, a few lines earlier he says i don't fear death anymore yeah and he goes uh well that is a quite a bit more <laughs> <laughs> he's like okay um, i guess i'm gonna slice like slice my own fucking throat now yeah, right that um he's willing to do that even because he's under the impression that he's going to die and i love that he's willing to do that for her to so she doesn't get in trouble and her whole family gets deported. Which is the element that I thoroughly enjoy the most about this movie. Is It's not the mystery. It's all like the social commentary. Right. Because this, this is my favorite way of dealing with this kind of subject matter. And like granted, movies like um, 12 Years a Slave and Black Klansman are phenomenal. But there are... Like, and they have their right to be made, you know, like Moonlight, that just strictly deal with the social commentary. Right. But, like, movies like this that have so much else in them that they can be fun, but there's, like, that element of it is just a nice little flavor to add on top of it. Like, just really elevates this movie to a whole nother degree. Right. Which is what makes that rewatchable factor just that much higher for me. Because um, there are plenty of other mysteries that I love that I don't watch nearly as much as this one. And granted, I do come back to this also for just that it's fun. <laughs> right. In the comedy and the cast. And you see a lot of actors doing giving performances that they typically don't do. Like, I love Jamie Lee Curtis calling Marta a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I love Tony Collette being a bumbling idiot, and I love Captain America being a total douchebag. I know, it's so good, dude. I love it. Um, so I think, and I, it's just, you can tell that everybody in that, Jesus Christ, I think you can tell <laughs> that everyone in this movie was having a very fun time on set, which I think is a very important thing that some movies just forget to have, is fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so... That is my favorite part about this movie. And granted, it's not necessarily like one moment. It's um, it's just interweaving throughout the plot, which is why I think the screenplay nomination was absolutely well-deserved. And I think um, Parasite ended up being it, beating it. Makes which, sense. Um, <laughs> makes sense, too. Have you watched it yet? No, but I, well, I sent you that list of movies that are coming out next year. And there was this mm-hmm. one movie that they were comparing a lot to Parasite. I don't know. So I I'm just interested to see. I didn't end up see. reading it because they made the joke about um, like, it, 90%. It 90% it was, yeah. It, <laughs> it is. But there are a couple on there that like I hadn't heard of. Or there was like one with Zendaya that is um, directed by the person who does Euphoria. Um, oh, really? That they filmed entirely during the pandemic. Okay. So there's like yeah. a couple on there that are newer. But, Are you gonna start watching Euphoria now that you had HBO? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am, Bryce. Uh. <laughs> I just gotta be in the okay. right headspace to do it because I feel like that's just gonna yeah. make me sad. But right, I have no idea what the show is about, but maybe gay I'll people and drugs. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds right up your alley. <laughs> it is. I love it. <laughs> Not the drugs, but I like gay people, and I'm fine with gay people who do drugs. I just don't. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, the big reveal is that Marta ended up giving um, Harlan too much of one thing, but in reality, she didn't, yeah. because she's a good nurse, yep. which is a very, very wholesome reveal Yeah. Um, near the end. There's just like this whole blowout sequence in the room where all the interviews have been taking place, where Daniel Craig just breaks down the entire movie. And it's just like, holy shit, how did you, like, yeah. like, there's so many layers to the Chris Evans plan that should have worked, but it just perfectly didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, if it wasn't I, for the dogs and, like. Right. Like, if there, if it wasn't for, like, one thing, yeah. you know. And, like, Marta covered up his footprints, mm-hmm. you know, because hers were also there. Right. But, like, his would have been, too. Yeah, I, I love that little bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> Where she's like, what? I didn't hear you. Oh, oh I'll, okay, I'll go back. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> she's so like good. She's all over the mud. And then the dog just sprint through, and she, he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's so good. He's like, cool, um, I guess, never mind then. And I just love, like, how greedy he is. The fact that he's willing to burn down an entire... Um, building to like cover his track so he gets this 60 million dollar inheritance yeah i don't know how that would play out after if it would have gone his way like who would have got the money and i don't think we'll ever know but i think they all would have split it yeah but not equally because everyone's a fucking asshole in that family (laughs) yeah but i think they would have like like the siblings you know Mm -hmm. like i think Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon. Right. And I guess Tony. Probably not, though. They would. Okay, so maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. They would go, no, no. But $60 million, yeah. that's a lot of fucking money. So 
don't know. Right. That whole scene where everyone's freaking out at Frank Oz, who is another A-lister. Yeah, so funny. The third time I watched this, I did with a commentary track with um, Ryan Johnson and um, the actor <laughs> who I don't know, but it's the buddy cop with Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> and I think the director of photography, I think. They were just talking about how when Frank Oz came to set that day, to, in everyone else's mind, like he is like the most famous person there. And they're oh, just really? asking him all like these Star Wars questions or whatever about Yoda and all the Muppets and everything like that. And he's just getting so pissed off at Ryan for like inviting him there. Because <laughs> Ryan just pulled a favor to ask him because yeah. like Last Jedi had just come out at the time. And um, <laughs> so when he got there, like all like these A-listers who are arguably more famous than him are just fanboying over this guy because he's Yoda. <laughs> Which I think is really funny. And they're like, cool, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. And I think um, one of my favorite shots in the movie is that because like, there's a lady that's with him and I don't really know what the relationship is. But um, I think there's a shot where that lady that's with Frank Oz um, is just like completely asleep while the family's just arguing yeah. about about everything and she's like didn't think it would take this long because like they're that he's there like four hours like wait too long (laughs) yeah um so they're just arguing about who should get the money and how this isn't fair and this is what dad wanted when or like what a sane person of stable mind say this or something like that and like yeah he would because you guys are a bunch of fucking assholes yeah i love it so good yeah like just in general or yeah, like of, I guess of like the thrombies. I really like um, Chris Evans uh, naturally, but I think it's just because he has the most to do. Yeah. So I think like the thrombies that aren't necessarily like the most integral to the like they're all integral. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, I know what you're <laughs> With saying. The smaller. Yeah. Because um, like you'd have to say Marta or sorry, Michael Shannon. Yeah. He's so silly though. I love. What's that? <laughs> He's so silly. Yeah, he is silly. And uh, I just, like I said, the cookie scene and just him, like, finding, figuring out his own mysteries, like, um, where he figures out before everyone else that Chris Evans was cut out of the will. Yeah. And um, so, so Don Johnson asks his son, was that true? And he goes, yep. And he, like, does, like, this field goal pose. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Who's yours? Who's yours? Um, Jamie? Uh, well, obviously, like, I want to say Ransom, but same thing. Um, yeah. I would say probably Harlan's mom. <laughs> <laughs> she like, I love, that she does. <laughs> I love that little giggle she does when, like, the family thinks they, that they got the lead on Marta, but yeah. they don't, and she's just like... <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> you want to say that, or do you have, like, Nope, that's answer? my... I decided that's my answer. <laughs> yeah. Ransom? <laughs> back, back again? It's so good. I love her. Um, so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what I want to bring up, is uh, the set design. Oh my I gosh. Was, Sorry. <laughs> because I'm bringing this up now after you brought up her because of the sequence when they're climbing up the window and past her. And it's just like there's so many elements of this house with like that trap door and like all the props and the set like the set decorating and just so like so many layers to this plot and it like the whole house just feels like a clue game yeah it does and, like, 
characters feel like that too because you got Jamie Lee in all pink and you got Tony Collette in all the purple and Michael Shannon all brown and I just think it just adds this whole other layer to like there's so like there are so many fucking layers in this movie which we I keep referencing um but I think it's just really was such an underappreciated element of the movie was this house and all the props and things that went into it and like there are like props that you would think are throwaway and some of them are because like they don't come back but like the mug yeah the, like the final shot of the movie is like iconic yeah <laughs> and um then you got like the painting of harlan above the fireplace during like certain commentary things that i've watched on this and like some vanity fair youtube videos where ryan just breaks down a scene and like certain things that are happening through it like there is a shot where um you have anna daniel craig and i think lakeith stanfield all standing like in a diagonal line so you can see all their faces and then the back of that diagonal line is that portrait of harlan was just like overlooking it all and just smiling about it that's so cool (laughs) i think a small detail and i don't know if this is true but at the beginning of the movie his portrait is just like a straight face and at the end of the movie when when uh, Marta gets the house like the portrait switched out so he's smiling in the portrait that's so cool yeah I hope that's so true. I, I hope it is, too, and I hope I'm not just pulling it out of my ass, but I don't <laughs> think this set, because um, this set is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, it's pre- I mean, I think also maybe because it's not, like, it, it's just the house for the most part, you know, like, besides, like, the fire or the police station on fire and, like, that kind of stuff, you yeah. know? It's only, like, 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, total. it's, like, the biggest part, and so maybe because it's not, like multiple sets yeah like building a whole world within a movie you know it's just like a mm-hmm. stand, one standing thing hang on i want to see who won now here we go <laughs> so we got 1917 which is you know a very good choice along with once upon a time in hollywood which was the winner of that year i believe um which is an even better choice and then parasite which is also a very good choice the two that i don't okay jojo rabbit was nominated too and i think that was a justifiable choice but but the one i don't get is the irishman which i don't think you've seen i haven't seen yeah i don't know but whereas like like you said it has a lot of you think it didn't get it because it has uh only the one big thing yeah this one has a lot of sets but it's just not um it didn't get like they don't focus in on any of them you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> at all like it seems like every scene could have been taken place in a different area which i mean granted that could just mean like the set is big i don't think it deserved that nomination <laughs> did you see who won uh it's once upon a time in hollywood yeah which... i haven't seen that yet even though i want to but yeah. i was thinking like mm-hmm. 1917 that set's got to be just because of the way they would have had to construct it. Right. You know? Would have I been cool. What they did with Hollywood is they had to, like, recreate 1969 Hollywood. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what they had to do for... There's, like, a sequence where Brad Pitt's driving through 1969 Hollywood. And, like, all of the backdrops. What they did is they they rented out a street on Hollywood Boulevard right 
and then they had one half the street for a few days and then they had the other half of the street for the other few days so they <laughs> they had like a caged fence like in the middle of the street and then um they reconstructed the whole side of the street to make that set so they they had the fence so like everybody that was just wanted to watch like them shoot this movie was like there including all like the um hollywood weirdos so like aquaman was there like the jason momoa like like a like a costume oh my god like pictures like celebrities so like just on the other side of the camera you know you got like a momoa aquaman (laughs) as brad pitt's driving through the 60s wait that's so funny yeah, <laughs> I think it deserved it, but I also think it should have at least got a nom. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, because it definitely that definitely went all out on that set. Yeah, that's a good point. Good um, point, Bryce. Thank you. Um, is there any other elements you want to talk? About? Um, no, I think we've hit everything. I just think the details that they put into the script obviously deserved the screenplay nomination. You know, it's a very complicated thing because that's like when I was talking about Murder on Orient Express. Like that's a book. You know, right. like so much of those type of mystery stuff is based off of like actual actual novels. And I think it's funny that like that's also a key point where like Harlan is a mystery novelist, you know. Yeah. Right. And they even keep going like, oh, it's like he wrote this story, you know. Yeah. Um, and like he even writes it down in the beginning, like a way to kill someone for like a future novel. Yeah, and I think it's a nice detail, too, is that in the marketing, some of the posters were designed to look like a murder mystery book. Yeah. And, like, um, yeah, well, the quote, whatever it's called, is, um, hell, any of them could have done it. Yeah. It's, like, a Ryan Johnson whodunit, and then it's, like, by Harlem Thrombey. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) So, I think it has a very nice touch. I agree. Uh, Yeah, I think this movie, yeah, I just think it's really cool that they were able to make such a unique story and it's like an original screenplay and on top of like it just being a good mystery it's like a good drama and commentary on today's society the best touch of the movie is showing like different perspectives there are even like very small ones that should be overlooked but like once you've seen it multiple times like they pop out a lot more the sequence where marta is like trying to make it look like she's leaving the house and walks past michael shannon so when michael shannon's telling that story um he says that he checks his watch when she's leaving and says it's midnight but when it's from marta's point of view and she walks past him she's like oh my god it's midnight already and then yeah. he checks the watch and just completely removes that line making it like her and his perspective look even more insignificant to yeah. him which i think is just such a like and there's like touches like that all throughout the movie. If you didn't want to rewatch it for the mystery, we'll rewatch it for that. <laughs> Carly, what would you uh, give this? Uh... I would give this movie a eight point seven five gonna... to nine out of ten. And is it the rewatchable thing holding it back for you again? No, it's actually. I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. I've I've rewatched it a decent amount of times. Um. But yeah, it's not my reach for, you know, Mm -hmm. but yes, I love it. It's great. And a nine is, I think it's deserving of it. I'm going to give it my like 10th 10 (laughs) of week, I feel like. (laughs) With all this pre-recording, I feel like I've just been throwing 10s. You have, you really have. You're like 10 out of 10. Beautiful. 10 out of 10. Die hard. (laughs) Nine out of 10. Bubble boy. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. Um, 
I'm glad that it makes yeah. you that happy. Alrighty, Carly. Where can I uh, find you? You can find me watching Wonder Woman 84 on Christmas Day, which I feel like I said in a past episode, but it's fine. Or at Curly.Bauer over on Instagram. Bryce, where can I find you? Well, you can find me rewatching uh, the entire ep- series of The Mandalorian or on Instagram at Bryce Kelly Howe. And with all of that said, there is no end scene. Go home.